0: We live in a society that's constantly trying to change everything around it. But what if we spent more time changing what we can control ourselves?
1: My name is Brad. And I'm Justin. And we want to invite you to join us as we talk with some of our friends about using this amazing tool called the Enneagram as we build the new you to be better today
0: for a better tomorrow. All right, guys, welcome to episode two of the Better Today podcast. I am Brad Livingston. And I am Justin Oswald. And, uh, man, it's good to have you guys back with us. And we could not be more excited today. Um, there's a lot of cool things happening with the podcast. We're talking with a lot of fun people we're going to have on in different episodes. Yeah. Um, but uh, I know I was super excited. As soon as we started this, I looked at Justin and was like, there's one person that I absolutely want to have on this podcast. Um and she's the person that uh, we, we studied the Enneagram before we got to this, but I I had no idea what the Enneagram was <laughs> until we got to this. Uh, <laughs> and it's our very special guest, uh, Michelle.
2: Hello, guys. It is such a joy to see you. It feels like five minutes ago that we were in Atlanta doing this stuff and seeing your face is <laughs> yeah. so much joy.
1: Yeah. It was it was what that was November I believe we were in Atlanta with yeah, the train somewhere in there yeah and um it's it's been several several months now but it's so glad to have you back we we all connected on, on social and like Facebook and LinkedIn yeah. and all these things but it's so great to uh, to have you with us as our. First guest on the podcast. First guest on the podcast. And you know, as we talk and dive deeper into the enneagram, I think you're going to be a great value to our to our listeners and our audience. Being able to maybe go a little deeper of what the enneagram is and how it's useful. I think a, it's kind of popular right now, right? The enneagram. You see it all over. There's Instagram accounts and memes, and and it's all, and it's all fun and good. But um, I'm excited to really th- to dive in today of 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 what it's about.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think the, you know, what was special about, uh, you know, our time together with uh, Michelle is, you know, I've, I've sat in lots of trainings, I've done lots of stuff like that. Um, and I've never, um, you know, I've never come out of one of those things. You always come out of those things, prepared to have knowledge to help someone else. That's good. You rarely come out of those things, at least in my experience and those types of things feeling like you've been helped. Like if that makes sense, like yeah. you you know sometimes you'll come out of different trainings and and it's like oh okay that was very insightful thank you I really feel like I can help somebody else um, you know we, we maybe we'll get into like a little bit of it like I had a full blown emotional meltdown like <laughs> in, in the in the uh, in our classes and Michelle was uh, you know I, I think you and I got a chance Michelle to connect in a real special way um, both in class and out of class and you know uh, i think there's just something really special about um your how you held the space for everyone i mean there's 30 people in this classroom yet everyone felt like they had their own special attention i think you're just incredibly gifted at that and i think the world is blessed to have you in it and helping each person so i think that's just awesome so
2: i really really appreciate that guys um and you know just just kind of building on what you've said there it's one of the reasons why i love teaching the enneagram is that it takes all the ego out of out of the story um, and it's not just me holding a space. You know, the, the Enneagram is this kind of container that takes the judgment out and goes, you know, we're, we're all beautiful in various different ways. And we just have some really deep, meaningful conversations that are non-judgmental, no opinions, with just a general desire with curiosity to know more. Yeah. And the more that we get to know each other, the more we kind of reflect within ourselves. And exactly as you say, every time I go in there, I think I'm going to teach the Enneagram level one and every single training, somebody else's the class affects me in some kind of way. I I walk away from every single one just going, I just gained so much experience and knowledge from this group. And the Enneagram continues to evolve. The more people that get engaged with it, the more we discover about it, the more it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger.
0: Yeah. No, I I think that's, you're hundred percent right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's, let's, Michelle, we'll, we're, we're going to let our guests learn a little bit about you real quick. Yeah. And then, uh, and then we'll jump into, uh, you know, almost exclusively Enneagram conversations. So tell us a little bit about you, Michelle, tell the audience, who are you and, and what should they know?
2: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, one what, what of my little minor and minor claims to fame. Uh, so I'm, I'm British born. I moved to South Africa when I was uh, eight years old. Um my father the we, we weren't very religious uh, when that we weren't religious at all in England when we came to South Africa we became we became very involved in the Christian church. My dad was an evangelist uh, so I got roped into all kinds of evangelical <laughs> <Boy>. trips, <laughs> out kids yeah seriously. going to our huge markets and you know speaking the word and sharing it in home cells and youth markets and youth and Sundays. and you know so we were, we were hugely involved in that in that kind of environment um And um, I left school, um, I studied musical theatre for a while, and I started my own business um, at the age of 24, ran that for 10 years, and at that one point, it was the strangest thing, I'd never been to a coach before, um, but I knew that I was tired, my business was very repetitive, it was really kind of soul draining, and I found myself kind of at mid-December going, well, Michelle, if you don't want to do this anymore... Then what do you want to change? And that was a question that changed everything for me. Um, I wrote down things like psychology, you know, um, uh, coaching, those kinds of things. And I started the psychology, and it was great. And then I hit coaching, and the lights just like the the stars were shining. It was unicorns and fairy dust. I like found my thing. <laughs> yeah. Um. And I started coaching, and people were going, "Oh, you're a seven. Oh, you're a this. You're a that." And I'm going. Uh, what are we talking about? <laughs> What's this whole thing? And, um, and I got really curious about it. Um, at that time, so I, I started learning the Enneagram about 12 years ago, and it was very much kind of on the spiritual development side, um, kind of really getting to know yourself, really getting to understand, you know, your inner workings. And, you um, uh, I'm a type three, so I'm like all about how do we turn this into something that's really effective, productive, meaningful in the workplace. And so I started my learning, um, traveled all the way around the world with some of the biggest Enneagram teachers in the world, and only to discover that one of the best courses I'd ever found was on South African shores. Um, In South Africa, we kind of play small. Uh, Everything's, you know, we don't do celebrity like you guys in the States. We (laughs) don't do the... The big hoo Well, that um, sounds really nice, actually. <laughs> <laughs> We're just, we just play really, really small. I mean, I was saying to my friend the other day if Mandela had been American, my goodness, his face would be painted on every mountain, he'd be chiseled <laughs> on the side of it. <laughs> We've just got him on some banknotes, you know, we just we kind of really play small. And so, um, thinking of a South African training company being as good as the international guys, I was quite curious. And that's where I came across the IEQ. And since then, just everything has changed for me. Um, really truly being able to understand the story behind a person's behaviors, behind their reactions, you know, the way that they operate. It completely takes the judgment out of whether it's relationships with colleagues, whether it's intimate relationships with my partner, whether it's understanding my kids and where they're coming from. I've worked extensively with the Enneagram in schools. Um, It's a school is a place for me. I think internationally the teachers do not get the kind of investment that they need. Um, They're given basic skills to just teach. And these are people that are influencing our next generation and they need their cups filled up. You know, they, they need passion. They need understanding. Um, So that's been a huge joy for me to work in the school area. And of course the other part of it has just been a huge, um, my, my heart's journey is to really give quality enneagram coaching and enneagram training to to the world because it just uplifts us. It it takes it takes like I said all the judgment away and just. Replaces it with love and understanding.
1: That's awesome. And and Michelle, are you exclusively? I know, uh, and we'll talk about it at the end a little bit. But you you do coaching now, but are you exclusively working with with integrative, doing enneagram trainings, and then coaching for yourself? Is is your is your uh, professional career all enneagram based? You doing those two things?
2: It's uh, it's not completely so. I'm I'm not affiliated to um, my own brand. My company is Skillset. Okay. skillset.com. and I'm often pulled in by different schools to train their Enneagram program. Okay. Um. So I've worked with about six or seven schools. They'll often call me and say, "Michelle, we've got an Enneagram module on this course. Please, will you will you bring bring it to life?". I think. Um. I was saying to a colleague of mine yesterday. I think that's kind of my my. Um, my kind of on button. I know how to bring course material to life. That's my that's my joy.
1: Okay, awesome. um,
2: Especially with Enneagram, it's like a double whammy. So I do just do, um, there can be coaching without the Enneagram, um, but quite personally, I prefer to start with it because a coaching journey with a client, you can spend four weeks trying to get to the real pinpoint. Whereas if you're working with a very good tool like the IEQ, for example, from the very get-go, your, your client is getting, or the person that you're counseling, or the person that you're working with is getting very deep, meaningful value from the very get go.
1: Yeah, love that. It's so awesome. It's so awesome. And you're, and you, so you said you're a type three. I am. Okay, me too. Holler. What, <laughs> what, and uh, what, what is your subtype?
2: I'm a self-preservation type three. Okay. So that is the counter type three. And so I was originally, and, and this is probably very good for your listeners who are interested in the Enneagram, that it's just so, so important that you constantly remind yourself that behavior cannot show or reveal your Enneagram type. Everybody can procrastinate. Anybody can be anxious. Anybody can show anger. Everybody can be perfectionistic in some cases. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking at behavior, you're never, ever going to get an accurate result. It's all about what is that core motivation. So originally, people thought I was a type seven. I mean, maybe you can tell from my energy. I'm quite bubbly. I'm quite optimistic. I can be a bit out there. And I was like, yeah, that seven, seven resonates with me. You know, I'm optimistic. I'm future thinking. I'm big thinking. And then when, they, when, I, when I discovered that I was a three, because I realized my pain point was failure, fear of failure, and really wanting to achieve. And that really hit home. That was a real core fear for me. Um, and once I started dealing with that three, I was like, well, wow, there's so many aspects of three. But the typical um, res- like description of three is wanting the name brands, being the flash, showing the success labels. And the counter type, which is the subtype, is actually against that. So it's kind of, um, as my friend Renata says, the, the self-preservation three is vain about not being vain. <laughs> okay, I like that. Yeah. I mean, Justin, you'll know you kind of show the part, you dress well, but it's not like you don't have the big old, you know, big fancy brands. But you know you look the part and you know you're doing it well.
1: Hey, mind your business, Michelle. Stay out <laughs> of my business. <laughs> no, what, what's, so, what's, so, what's so great about the, the like you said, the... It, it's about the core motivations, and this is what we've really learned. Is because we we use the disc in our some of our church, in kind of our some of our assimilation new members. We've used the disc for several years, it's a very scaled down version um, of of it, and and it it works yeah, for what sure. we need to do. Especially, it it the, the, we kind of use the disc in the idea of learning knowing that you're going to be on a team with people. And it, if anything, it helps us communicate that everyone doesn't see the world the same way. And, and the, yeah. the disc several years ago, before we even knew the Enneagram, they had a scaled down version that we came across that we use. And it's been, it's been helpful. And, and that started this journey, at least within our church of people understanding that not everyone's like me, you know? Uh, and I, I really fell in love with the disc and and then I, you know, I felt found the like Myers Briggs a couple of years ago, and that was even a little more, a little more in depth to me, and and I just loved that kind of stuff because I I've always found I've always found I've had a difficult time in the church world when I was before I was in full time ministry. Uh, me and Brad both worked kind of different different jobs, had pretty successful careers, but I was, I killed it in that world. I, you know, threes are celebrated, like corporate America type, you know, and it's like, that was great. And then again, in the yeah. church world, and then even ministry, um, I have a hard time. It, sometimes it very much people, it could appear like I don't care about certain things. I don't care as much about the person or this. So i f- I found things like that trying to figure out myself as I was increasing my self awareness. But, you know, it was all behavior. It was all I do this and I do this. And maybe if I stop doing this. And that's when I when I found the Enneagram, I just completely fell in love with okay, there's, there's a little more to this than just my, my behavior, you know? Yeah. And it was so just they, fantastic. So they-
2: <laughs> There's two things that you've mentioned there, Justin, that I think are very important. The first is that, you know, all of these other uh, modalities that you're using are hugely valuable. You know, they they, they all bring us closer and, and closer to self-understanding. But if we really want to change surface behavior, which is maybe in terms of how we communicate, how we get along, I can look at you and go, well, you kind of like things if I speak a little bit, you know, create a little bit of a safe bubble. You know, you're quite a perfectionist. So, you know, if I want to get along with you. I've got to be quite particular and, that can work to a degree, but let's take, for example, a one and a six. A one can be perfectionistic because it's the right thing to do. The six is going to do things right because it's the safe thing to do.
1: Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. I can deal with you at a surface level and give you quality stuff, but actually what I need to do for the six is, is alleviate and comfort them in terms of their fear, make them feel more secure. For the one, I need to give them a sense of understanding that I am going to deliver quality work. Now, if I deal with that underlying desire, the surface behavior adjusts itself. Mm. You know, it's the same thing. You see two kids squabbling. You listen to their story. They tell you the whole story. You say, listen, just shake hands, make up. It's fine. You turn the corner and their fisticuffs right before (laughs) you even got past the kick. So the the Enneagram gives us this opportunity to make deeper shifts. And if you make the deeper shifts, the behavior changes by itself. The second thing that I wanted to speak to which was so lovely in terms of what you mentioned, um, you know, when somebody says something, it seems inconsiderate or, you know, you're not kind of getting the other person or whatever, is you will find if you really look at it, if you take any kind of your conflicting situations and you take it to an Enneagram level of understanding, conflict happens when I take what you do and I translate it through my Enneagram language.
1: Oh, that's so good. Mm -hmm.
2: So I'll give you a perfect example. I found myself in with my partner many years ago. Uh, He's a type one. And I'm in charge of the household. I make sure it's clean. I get everything ready, sort out the kids. I've got somebody who helps me clean up the place. And I, he comes home and I'm cooking food. He's had a really stressed day. So what happens when you're under stress is a one, you get even more perfectionistic. You notice the errors even more avidly than you would in a normal state. And I'm cooking some spaghetti bolognese and I've had a good old day. And he comes in, he's like, have you noticed there's these fingerprints on the light switch? And, and, and look, at, look at the runner over here. It's got dust on it. Have you seen on the doors the kids? And and as he's talking, I'm turning this mince, and I'm turning, and all I'm all I'm hearing in my three head is, "You're failing at being a housemaker. You're failing at your task. Mm. You're not achieving in this area." It's got absolutely nothing to do with me. It's just his one venting because he's stressed. If I'd been in an enneagram state, I would have been able to understand that, not react to it, sure. and just go, "You know what? I'm going to sort all of that out tomorrow." What do you need to do to relax? But instead, let's <laughs> just well, say, by the time I was done, my spaghetti bolognese looked more like a mushed <laughs> minced mess. But it was all because I had taken what he was saying and translating it through my three lens. and that was where the conflict happened.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's so good. Yeah, it's so good. That's <clears throat> we use the so one of the places we've been using the enneagram is in uh, our marriage. We have a marriage small group. Uh, so it's like just couples. And so we've, we've been able to, uh, run probably 10 couples with the Enneagram <clears throat> and it's so powerful because, uh, just like you're saying, you know, um, we, the first thing we communicate is some of the same things, you know, what you taught us our very first day in class, you know, which is number one, this is, this is a lens you see the world through and, and it dictates your behavior, right? So, um, it, 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 It drives why you respond the way you respond. So that's some of the stuff we communicate in the very beginning. Um, And so that's just super helpful because it's once you realize that, you know, we can all be looking at my phone, but we're all going to see it differently because of our lens. Um, Absolutely. I mean, I might, I
2: might might see that you holding your phone now as being efficient. Somebody might think that it is rude. Right. Some people might think that you're not focused or Mm -hmm. present, and all you're doing is holding the phone. Right. right. Holding
0: the
1: phone. Right.
0: And as an eight, I'm doing it to be defiant. No, I'm just kidding. So (laughs) I'm doing it because you told me I
1: wouldn't. So, uh. well, so let me ask a question, Michelle. What would you say to someone? that doesn't that doesn't maybe like their type, you know. What we I've encountered with people who are kind of maybe fairly new or just take a test, uh, even if it's some of these online you know, free test that you could find online in 10 questions for your Enneagram type or something stupid <laughs> like that. Um, but you know, we, we've encountered people that don't like, you know, everybody wants to be a seven. seems like, you know, seven, <laughs> the, the seven, like you read the description, everybody's like, that's the one I want to be. That's the good and then, you know, we have some, like we, we know some people that are like ones and twos that almost, have a hard time coming to terms with the fact that there are two, you know, so is there, is there a right type? Is there something that some of those should strive to be? Uh, what, What would you say to someone like that, that, that doesn't like the idea of their type?
2: It is such a beautiful question. Um, the bad news for all you folks out there is if you like your type, it's probably not yours.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. That is so true. Yeah.
0: Yeah. J- Justin can completely yeah, agree with that. That is so true. <laughs>
2: um, so that's the one point. The second point I would say is that in many cases, if people have been exposed to Enneagram teaching before, very often certain types are not presented in a very holistic way. Um. And uh, a few years ago, um, I did a, a, a little little uh, class with some teenage boys um, on the Enneagram, and we were not from a typing point of view, but just looking at different person, personalities. So, but more from a appreciation of diverse personalities. And after we went through all the nine types, these little kids had to write this feedback slip about what they'd learned. And this little boy said, "I realize now that if one type didn't exist, the world wouldn't work."
1: Mm. That's good. And
2: think about that. Where would we be if we run from one? Where would we be if we weren't really paying attention to the detail when we're buildings, architecture, roads, rules, policing? Two, if we didn't have our nurses, our caregivers? Three, if we didn't have anywhere to go? Four, if we weren't being authentic? Five, if we weren't willing to learn? Six, if we weren't going to be aware of the risk? Seven, if we didn't have some hope? Eight, if we didn't take control of our scenario? And nine, if we didn't create harmony and peace? Where would we be without any of those aspects? We mm. would be a broken society. Mm. That's the one thing I would say. The second thing that I would say to those that are feeling discomfort in your type is that you are not your type. Yeah. You are not your type. Your type is just a way in which you engage with the world. It is just a, a, one of the masks that we put on to present ourselves to the world. It is, is not who we are. There are many layers to us and we are far more than what our personalities dictate um, but I would encourage you to go into what are the pain points of the description of that type, but also go and look at what is the beauty. Go and look at what the values are that those types actually bring to the world and realize just how critical and necessary you are for this
1: society to exist. Mm. That's so good. And I, w- I want to hit on something else because the you are not your type, that statement you just made, we, we were using that yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of want to bring back to a a conversation we were having just before we started recording is, you know, I know all of our listeners that are into the Enneagram may not fall into our belief system as, as Christians and that's fine. So I I don't want to harp on that forever, you know, but you know, Christians, we believe that each person is unique and their identity is, you know, in, in Jesus in Christ. Um, and that seems to be a conversation among some Christians that the, the Enneagram in this type, um, somehow negates that. You know, if you get, if you're as a believer, if you, if you really yeah. subscribed, quote unquote, subscribe to the Enneagram, then that puts you in this box. And how is, how, how is that possible? Or how can we like this kind of a system when every person is unique in Christ? And I, that statement is you are not your type is the key, the The, the first part of unlocking that.
2: Well, that's so true. I mean, if you if you look at the Enneagram, right, it is a circle. It is a wholeness model. We are, there is this big oneness that we are all made in the same image, right? The image of God where there is that wholeness. There's something in our um, our development that we decide we're a little bit of that. We're one of nine of those. Mm-hmm. And that's not what the Enneagram is about. The Enneagram is about to go, no, you like dancing in nine, but the whole place is there for you to explore. hmm Every single type is within you. There's just one that's a comfort zone. So I'm um, often when I explain it, it's like, you know, when you go to a wedding and they start playing certain music and because of your moves, there's only certain songs that you go and dance to.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, right.
1: Yeah. And-
2: the Enneagram is bringing you nine different ways of dancing. And we're just so used to dancing in our one little spot because it's comfortable, but it's actually, no, that, that whole, the whole, that whole diagram is like, get onto the dance floor, baby play. You've got all of these beautiful gifts inside of you that were God given. They are there, but this is just a way for you to find a way to tap into those. It's a practical way. It's not, you know, our growth is not something that happens to us it's something we need to go you know i'm going to go and explore that gift that yeah. gift is inside of you whether yeah. you're a 2 a 6 a 9 or whatever that gift is inside of you this is literally all it is it's just a map to help you go and find it and access it that's and, so and i think
1: that's the key using the tool that the three of us use the ieq9 that's the that's the the key to the integrative part, right? Is, is being, I really loved when we did our, our training, you know, you pull out the mat that you lay on the floor. That's the, the whole, the, the, the whole Enneagram circle. And, you know, you stand on your number and it's like, okay, here's a, you have a decision to make now walk your line and process it over here now. And you walk, walk your release line and process it over here,
0: stand in your wing. Yeah. yeah,
1: Like that was so helpful to understand, okay, there is more than one way to look at yeah, the things I look at.
0: Yeah, you know? and I think I think and what you said. Right, sorry, go ahead, Michelle.
2: I was just going to say, um, just back to the couples work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Also, remember that within a couple's perspective, they're only coming from two perspectives. So what I've, I've what what I've done in the past is I let's say with my partner, I'm standing on my three, he stands on his one, and we're seeing what we're seeing, and we're only coming up with these these answers. Eventually, I said to Matt, we got onto the mat, we both stood on one. Then we both stood on two. Mm-hmm. Then we both stood on three. And we went through all of these lenses. And where we thought we only had four or five ways of skinning the cat, we suddenly had a page this long of, you know, engaging the heart, engaging creativity, asking the questions. Mm-hmm. And just walking that whole journey together was in hugely insightful. Yeah. Sorry, Bradley, you to say something?
0: No, no, I was I was just going to say I, I, I totally agree. I think that there's there's elements to this that, um, you know, when we were talking – uh, when we were talking yesterday uh, with some of our the guys on staff, and we were the whole conversation about Christianity and the Enneagram came up. One of the things that we were talking about is is one uh, the conversation was centered around a video that we had found that they had found online and it was just kind of giving pushback to the Enneagram and the Christian circles. Um, but very quickly as we watched the video, um, it became very clear that these people were very ignorant on the Enneagram. So they had, they had dove into it on a fad level, but not on an educated level. Um, and their only source of information was the Enneagram Institute.com, which is is a great starting point, but it's not the end all be all of the Enneagram, right? Like we've, (laughs) there's a far bigger education system out there. Um, And so one of the things that they were explaining in the video was that, um, you know, that it, it doesn't have any place in Christianity because as Christians, we should be striving to be whole in Christ. And as we're striving to be whole, that, that could require me to be a six today or a seven tomorrow or a nine, or we, what we would acute to saying to see through the lens of, and understand how we need to channel a six or a seven or a nine. Um, And so they were using that as an argument to say, it's not, it can't be good. And I was saying, you guys are, what you're saying is correct. You just don't realize because you're uneducated, right? That, that you're a hundred percent right. As we become more whole, we gain the ability to understand that though I may be more comfortable dancing in the two wor- world, as you said, um, no, that, that may be my comfort level to become whole, to become better for my spouse, to become better as a parent, to be, become better for my friends, I need to understand and dance in the space or the seven space or the nine space or, um, you know, and so as we're doing that, um, it was, it was just funny there, the contradiction, uh, that they brought up of the Enneagram and Christianity because they were uneducated actually shine the light on just how good it is in Christian circles as we're becoming whole uh, with our creator. So, um, I think that's really important. I think it's great.
2: Yeah. And like I said, it is a it is a whole. It, it is a circle. There is no break in it. That is every single part of it is a part of you. And I mean, also with my clients, maybe it'll be um, easier. For, it's easy for some of your listeners to to think of going to the gym as an example. You know, you've got all, every the, if the nine types represent different muscle sets. You know, just because you're not working on your legs doesn't mean you don't have legs.
0: Right,
2: right. <laughs> doesn't mean you don't have arms, um, but if you want to go and work on your legs, then you're going to go to that area and you're going to pick up that kind of equipment. You know, if you want to work on your arms, what tends to happen is, oh, we've got these great arms and uh, we're doing arms every day. We've got these awesome muscly arms and these tiny little pinpoint legs. Yeah. There's, I mean, it's it's there. It doesn't mean that it's not there for you. It's just an invitation for you to go there when you, when, you, when you're ready.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, n- next question I have Michelle is you you had mentioned doing work in the past with with like kids and children um, right right now you know a lot of the world is is still kind of on lockdown or certain parts of our country and the states here are on lockdown and you know there's discussions in, in our state and our counties about reopening schools and parents and and our in our county that we're in they have an option to do you know homeschool or they can go back to the schools when they open in the in the fall or like a hybrid of both how do you think kind of in this world that the, the Enneagram can help parents, especially dealing with what's going on with, with kids, you know, kind of in this new reality that everyone's living in? And-
2: mm. Well, I mean, if we think about it, um, this is obviously no scientific theory, but I suppose around the whole world at the moment, we're all tapping into quite a lot of sex energy. Um, there is a lot of anxiety, there is a lot of risk. With every decision comes some consequences. Um, You know, us in South Africa as well, we were not at school, we went back to school, that started creating a peak in our outbreak. So kids all back back home um, again. so, you know, one of the, this is probably a little seven-ish in me, um, the, the positive side that I see to this is that this, is, this may very well probably be the only time in our generational history where we actually have the time to be with our families. Mm. Without any boss on your back, without clients nagging you for, you know, for deadlines and stuff like that, it's actually time. You know, we, we've got time to actually spend time at home. Maybe for some families that are listening, in far too much time.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Maybe the enneagram has saved you from putting a pillow over your spouse's face while he sleeps. <laughs> Um, but but what, what, what's very important for me, especially from a parenting point of view, and it's it's something that I, it was a huge wake-up call for me as a parent, is that when you're looking through the lens of your own type, you tend to value the behaviors and the activities of your spouse or your children that relate to the values of your type. Mm. So, for example, when my child was in primary school, he was in the the first team, I don't know what you call it in the States, the A team or the first team in swimming. Yeah, okay. And um, he was about three C's, seas- three, three, three terms. In, and he came home and he told me he'd been dropped to the B team. Now the three competitor achiever in me died a million deaths. I thought I knew I must. <laughs> I should have listened to Mozart while I was pregnant. Why didn't I eat more carrots? Why- and I was absolutely. I was ready to call the school and find out this huge injustice that had happened to my, my 11 year old son. <laughs> He turned around to me and he said, but you know what, Mom, I love it because in the A team, I only get to swim one, one race um, and I've got to spend the whole afternoon and it's a lot of pressure. In the B team, I swim every race and I have so much fun. And I was like, oh, wow, just look at how my agenda was completely blurring what was actually happening in this in this child's world, you know? Yeah. Um, so And it's the same for teachers. You know, if you've got a, a teacher that has – Let's say I've got a type one teacher. Type ones often go to places like it uh, go to certain vocations that are right, wrong, black, white, and straightforward. If I'm a type one teacher that really values doing things well, perfectionist, quality, discipline, and so on, when I've maybe got a type four who's authentic, out of the I thinks out of the box, or a seven who just can't, really can't sit still in this boring class all day, those children start to become. ADD, disruptive, not to get, not focusing. Um, no, it's just because you 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 can't see the value. There's there's how do how do you bring those 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 beautiful beings into this one classroom? So if we're able to just see, as you were talking about, uh, Brad, you know, seeing seeing them as lenses. There's just literally nine sets of glasses on your desk that you can just pop on and actually see the world in a different way.
0: Mm-hmm. That's so helpful. No, that's so good. Yeah, and 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 even as you talk about that, like what how do you think that the enneagram, you know, even like in the workplace, right? I mean, I think we've kind of we've kind of answered it a little bit in regards to cuz I think the lens thing is key. I mean, that's one of the things I learned in class with you. I think that was the that was the Light bulb moment, if you will, where I was just like, "Oh wow!" So, because in every other section in the disc, and in the Myers Briggs, and in the Strength Finders, and in this, like, you know, it's like, "Here is what you are. Go be what you are." Um, and for the first time, we were hearing. No, no, no. You are who you are. And these are, these are lenses. So I think the lens conversation is huge, but even like with work with, with employees, I mean, I imagine, you know, the ability to see through different lenses is, is key, right? I mean, who you're interacting with at work and, and all those things. So.
2: Very much so, and you know, like I, again, I said, you know, um, the enneagram speaks human, so it's it takes the judgment out of it. One thing that's very important, though, in the workplace, uh, Brad, is people think that once they know the enneagram, that they should hire according to the enneagram, which is absolutely discriminatory. It's stereotypical, and it should never ever be done mm. because just because you need detailed work done does not mean that you must now go find a Type One. <laughs> Believe it or not, Type Ones don't do detail. To mm-hmm. think that a type 7 can't do detail is ludicrous. Um, I, met a, I met a chap in Melbourne about two years ago, and he is a uh, quantity surveyor for these high-rise buildings. So a quantity surveyor, you know, they literally have to calculate every window, every brick, every tile, every single thing that goes in. And these buildings are so tall. They're skyscrapers. And he show, he pulls out his computer says, Michelle, I want to show you something. I go, cool, show me something. And he opens it up, and guess what he shows me? an excel spreadsheet <laughs> and i'm like wow that's really great because i've got bigger spreadsheets i'm like wow <laughs> and i'm going in my head i'm like this is such a one this is i mean the attention to detail these numbers whatever and he did the ieq and he came out raging as a 7 Mm -hmm. And it was interesting because those details fueled that big vision. So he could get completely lost in the details. So your type does not determine what job you can do, what relationship you need to partner with somebody. It's got Mm -hmm. nothing to do with that. It is only just an indicator of what motivates your typical behavior and thinking patterns.
1: That is so good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, because I, I think one of the, one of the dangers for me, maybe I would, I would love for you to speak to this, like to someone like me is once you, you can learn enough about something in the Enneagram is no different to be dangerous where, you know, when, with the disc, when we were using the disc heavy, you can almost, okay, you're this, you're this, you know, and one of the, the, one of the traps I almost fall into a lot is typing people. I mean, I tell them, but in my head, I'm thinking, oh, they're, you know, that's a six, you know, and, um, why is that not good to do?
2: So, I think that the language itself, you know, type always has a little bit of heat to it. And mm. even though we refer to types um, in the Enneagram world, it's actually not a typing tool. It's a developmental tool.
1: Yeah. Mm. It's
2: the, actually the easiest thing in the world to land on your Enneagram type. The, the, the hard part comes out when you stretch beyond the, the invitation, the whole purpose of the Enneagram is for you to stretch yourself beyond it. Um, it shows you the, the cage that you, or the patterns that you've been stuck into Mm. And it's saying, like, right now that you know, now that you can see the bars that are around you, now here's the invitation to unlock and and experience, um, you know, more of you and bring more of yourself to the world. Um, yeah, it's it is it can be quite. Um, when, once we get into the enneagram, there's a fascination about it. It's, oh, you're a you're a six. Oh, that's an eight-ish thing to do. Yeah. But, oh, you're such. Uh, and and it can feel to people that that is boxing them in, which is precisely what we don't want to do. But, of course, if you are working with teams um, and we have done the Enneagram work and there is a level of um, trust and intimacy there that let's say the three of us are working in a team and we've got an eight and we've got two threes and we're working together and we've done the Enneagram and I'm going to say to you, guys, you know what? I know that I'm going to fall into this trap. So please, would you, when I get into, you know, suck it up, buttercup, forget about the feelings, focus on the task, won't you just call me out on it?
1: Mm, yeah.
2: Won't you just, you know, so mm. have that kind of love for each other, you know, mm-hmm. so that when, when I'm sitting and you and I are having a good old chat and Brad says, right, we're just moving on to the next thing. We're like, Brad, you're pulling the egg card, bud. <laughs> it's so yeah. it through. You know, so if you can have that love, then you can have that kind of conversation. Um, but also there's... There's also something to distance to distance ourselves because I am not a three. Yeah, I am a shell, and I resonate a lot with the personality framework of the type three. You are not an eight. Mm-hmm. You are not a three, Justin. Yeah. You are. You are brand Justin, and you resonate with those types. It does not define who we are, as you know. As you know, it, you are spiritual beings. You from God. You this beautiful creation, and this is just—it's like an outfit that you are putting on. You know, if I go put a, a dress on in my wardrobe, I don't become the dress. It is a layer that we put up, put on ourselves in order to move forward into the world safely.
1: Man, that's good. Yeah,
0: that's that is that is good. So, what, Michelle? What is? What do you think the ultimate goal is? or at least should be when working with the Enneagram?
2: Liberation, really. Mm. Um, To to actually end the belief that you are limited to just be this one type of individual. You know, as you guys were referring to, you know, in, in terms of your, you know, your religious state, it's a wholeness model. So to think that you're only a part of a whole is not true. You weren't made that way. We weren't created that way. We were created in the likeness. So how can we only be a part or a fragment of that? It's to look at the, the, the story that we're telling ourselves about the limitations and the gifts. Um, you know, if we are created in that perfect space, then how can we only be a part of it? It's to free ourselves from that. Mm. Um, and of course, once we're able to do that, then judgment of others fails as well, because we know that we can be all of it and none of it.
1: Right. Mm.
0: Yeah, I think that's, and I think that's key too, uh, again, like, you know, one of the the common thread that keeps popping up here, which I think is so good. And this is the reason why we wanted you on before we brought anybody else on, we wanted you on because you're the master of the Enneagram. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, which is uh, this good constant thread of, um, of that you're not, you're not stuck. You're not boxed in. You don't have to, you don't have to, accept your fate as a two, you know, we, we have uh, a lot of twos running around at our church, um, and, uh, you know, and in our world. And one of the things that is just constant, um, you know, is I think it's very easy to notice certain types when they're, when they're, unhealthy level of behavior comes out. Uh, and twos is one, twos are one of them, uh, as well as eights. So I'm not worried about it. Uh, so, uh, as, as, uh, as the twos are coming out, you know, there, there is a tendency to, I mean, that's such, that's such a two thing to do, you know? Um, but for them, even for twos that are listening right now to know, like, number one, uh, you can embrace the, the comfort that you have about the type that you, uh, you know, that you've tested as, or you see in yourself that resonates so strongly with you at the same time. Uh, that doesn't mean that you have to, uh, you know, die to growth. It doesn't mean that there's not an opportunity for you to, you know, number one, when it comes to your wings and your lines, really develop that space, which we'll get into in other other episodes. And maybe we'll have Michelle back to help us with that as we navigate that. But, um, but to really get into developing the, like, like we've said over and over the whole you, which is all nine types.
2: I love that you've brought the the type 2 as an example here because very often people, when they see type 2, they equate it to this kind of soft, gentle, you know, not as strong as the other types, and they kind of tend to reject it. Let's just put this into perspective in today's day and age. We have COVID-19. Who do you think the people are that are sitting there on the front line? Every single day, taking care of our sick, sitting in the middle of the biggest pandemic, while we're all hiding at home, Mm -hmm. where would we be without that two energy right now if they weren't putting everybody ahead of their own personal safety, Mm -hmm. their own families, their own health and well-being? Mm -hmm. So, if you think the two is soft and cuddly, I'm sorry to say they are on your front line making sure that everybody's okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um,
2: I- you know it's so important that you know we, when we look at these different types, there are in, immense strengths. I mean, if twos think that that, uh, that that they kind of suffer, and Brad, you'll I'm sure you'll you'll take to this twos out there that are listening. Eights are terrified of you, terrified, <laughs> <laughs> because you're so beautifully vulnerable. You're open. Yeah. And it's, that it is a growth line for them. And they're deemed as the, kind of one of the strongest on the Enneagram. They're like Pussy cats, You're fine. Your <laughs> awesome.
0: Yeah, no, no, seriously. I mean, that's when uh, I sometimes shake my head <clears throat> at others when they're like, you know, I, I when the twos are around and, and their level of vulnerability and they and they're comfortable, I would say their comfortability with like, um, with just generating these raw emotions and, and sitting in that space and you know, uh, an element of me is like, Oh my gosh. Like, do you understand? Like for me, I'm like, do you understand how people could weaponize that against you? (laughs) Like there's no way I'm doing that, you know? Um,
1: well, and one of the things too, like Michelle, you mentioned, you know, the eight sometimes is looked at as like one of the, the, the stronger types, you know? And then I I think about for us speaking of like, he brought up the twos that we know that kind of are, are in our circle, but I think people, I think it's just coincidence really. I mean, but Brad happens to be an eight. He's also the lead pastor of our church. So it's, it's easy for someone who's not in that position of authority and just, just the position he holds as the top person, for lack of a better word, at our at our church, um, and and to see my type isn't. I have these issues with my type, you know. The eight is better because it's got him there. Does that does that make sense? What I'm saying is just the fact that he's the 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 leader, you know, or. Yeah take it out of the, our context, you know, if, if there's a, if there's a seven, who's the CEO of a company, I could see someone like a two or a six or somebody thinking their type isn't as good. And I need to be more like that. Cause look where it got him.
2: I wouldn't, I wouldn't know of any uh, actual examples of that. Um, you know, it, again, it all speaks to core motivation. I mean, for, for an eight example, and I'm just talking generally with an eight, you know, that desire is not to be in control. Um, you know, the eight has this, the, the world is an unsafe place where only the, the strong survive. So if an eight is in an environment where there is control, there is leadership, things are moving, there's no need for the eight to to, to step up that heat. There's no need whatsoever. Right. Um, but, it's, but if nobody's stepping up, there is no leadership and we're not moving, then the eight will step up. And again, it's not from a matter of control. Actually, I would say that the bigger, bigger adjective that I would use is protection. And sometimes that protection is, it's out there and it's in your face. Sometimes that protection is a really strong wing. Like if you're under my wing, I've got you, babe. But if somebody comes at you, then you'll feel my heat. Right. Um, So one of the most important things I think for everybody to hear out there is, is nobody's trying to be their type and nobody's trying to have bad days. Um, even on our worst days, we're always doing the best we can with what we have. You know, if yeah, I wake right. up and I'm just fatigued and I've just had it and I'm dragging my feet behind me, you know what? I got up, I'm doing the best I did with what I have. So when you're experiencing people at their worst, don't go into the judgment of, oh, that person's so negative or that person's always doing that. The person's always doing that. Nobody's ever doing it on purpose. Mm-hmm.
0: That's good. No, that is, that is good. Um, so uh you know we <clears throat> we fell in love with the IEQ 9 obviously that's who we're accredited through uh Justin and myself and and you um maybe for our listeners because I'm sure there's I'm sure there's a number of them um that are either going to feel like they're mistyped because uh they've taken one of the cheaper you know, less expensive, less, you know, um, it doesn't do all the investigation like the IQ nine does. So people either need to get typed that haven't some feel that they've been mistyped or maybe they're comfortable with um, the type that they tested as, even in one of the cheaper tests um, and the, you know, the ones that aren't quite as detailed as ours, but they want to, they want to find out more about themselves. Walk us through the IEQ 9 versus other options out there um, and and why you think that, uh, you know, get, uh, about getting typed accurately um, okay. and just all those details. What What is that space for us?
2: Okay, so um, as I jump into that, the first thing that I just want to say is even if you feel like you've been mistyped or the type doesn't quite fit you, even if you've been growing from that space, it is not... Um, useless growth. It is not worthless growth. Mm. Um, You can grow from any of the types and so you've lost nothing. If you have felt that you've been mistyped, you have not lost any value, you can learn from any point of view on the Enneagram. It's just that if you have typed uh, accurately, you'll probably find the growth is a little tougher. (laughs) Those those shifts are a little harder to make because it's kind of more linked to you know to those core beliefs and those core motivations what is so different with the ieq is number one it's depth so when you do that questionnaire you'll it'll probably take you about 25 to 30 minutes maybe a little bit more in general um, and you'll only answer about 170 questions but you're actually answering from over a pool of 1500 so, the questionnaire is constantly adapting to every single answer you put in. So, none of you are writing the same tests. The moment that you get going and the, it's a dynamically adaptive test that's going to adapt to what you're answering, it's going to be double-checking those later on so that we can see that there's consistency and um, and as you said, Brad, it's not just talking about the core type. We it, it, it layers so many different constructs like the centers and the subtypes and your whole Enneagram profile. It even kind of looks at your stress and strain and so forth. Um, and so once you put all of the different layers together, you can see the subtle differences that a nine and a nine and a nine do not all look the same nine. Right. They could look completely right. different. You know, I, Justin and I, we're both threes. I don't know. What is your subtype,
1: Justin? Social.
2: You're social. So you might put Justin and I in the same room and see us showing up completely differently because I'm on the self-preservation side. I'm an ambivert. So when I need to be out there, I can be. The rest of the time, I'm very introverted. <laughs> From the social, Justin, you might be a lot more kind of interacting and engaging with social groups. And we look very different, but the core motivation is what makes us um mm what makes us different. The other thing that I absolutely adore about the IEQ, and maybe this is the three in me, but it's also the professional in me, is that you're not just getting a stack of results. You have got a full self-development questionnaire that it's it's almost to your DNA because of all of the aspects that you've put in. There are some really beautiful growth strategies that you can either work with on your own or work with, with, with your coach or your pastor or your counselor or your accountability partner. But whether you're going the standard report, which is I think about 24 pages, pro, pro report is about 40 pages. It is like a self-help book design just for you. Yes. That's really going to test those muscles and really stretch you where you need to go. So from the very word go you have got a development strategy mapped
1: out for you to embark on a beautiful journey. And one of the, one of the most helpful things I found about the IEQ that I didn't, I didn't even realize till I took the, 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 the test ourselves. And then when we got to the, your training was I, I find just the subtypes alone to be, so I, I find other tests that even I have done not to be wrong, but, is incomplete. Just knowing a type, my type was is very. I felt incomplete, which is why I juggled between two types of trying to figure out which one am I, and the sub, yeah. the subtype just really w- was the most helpful thing, at least in, in those tools. And then of course you get in the centers and all those things, but um, yeah. the the subtype alone. And and I don't know you 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 can speak to it. I I don't know about other tests that that's even something that's offered. I don't know if that's a, a, something specific to. The integrative IEQ—I'm not sure. To be honest with you. I,
2: I know that there are sub uh, there are um, tests out there that include subtypes. I'm not sure how many items. When I say items, like the options of questions that they offer for a person to kind of validate those. Um, if uh, if anybody is really wanting to read up on subtypes and the enneagram, uh, I highly recommend uh, Beatrice Chestnut's book, *The Complete Enneagram*. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a really great read. It's it's very easy. It's it's easy on the eyes, easy on the understanding, and maybe once some, you guys have gone through the Enneagram styles, you know one of the biggest one of the biggest change and game changes of the Enneagram is working with our centers, and that in alone is a beautiful discussion. So maybe keep that on the agenda for later on.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and we'll drop uh, that book and everything into the show notes for anybody who's interested in that. Um, yeah. I think I have that book on my Amazon list of coming up books I'm going to... I have like a stack of books I'm trying to get through, but that uh, that book is, is on there. But we'll, we'll put that in the show notes as well. Uh, Michelle, are there any other... Uh any other resources that you that you want to name that that could be helpful for our listeners as they kind of embark on this on this journey? I know uh, I'll speak to one real quick. I really enjoy Ian Cron's podcast. You know, the Road Back to You. Um, I think he does a pretty good job of, of breaking it down. And I know he rec- he recommends his book. Go figure. Uh, but if you if you're not <laughs> if, you, if you're not going to take the test, his his book, The Road Back to You, is a good way to kind of read through each type and kind of get an understanding of what they are from a you you know, from a surface level, I think it's, sure. it's very helpful, but I do enjoy his podcast and there's a lot of podcasts out there, but he's probably got one of the better ones that I have found. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, about, what about you, Michelle? Any resources?
2: So there are so many great authors out there, so many great resources out there. Um, there is no such thing as an expert in the Enneagram. If somebody says they are... Um, maybe be a little cautious because the Enneagram is always bigger than than us and it always comes with more and more gifts. Um, I have to say that uh, my great teachers, um, Colleen Joy-Page, she's also a wonderful South African coach and Enneagram um, teacher, learned so much from her. So check her out. She's um, uh, innerlifeskills.com. She's got some great Enneagram work. Um, The Enneagram Institute was one of my first um, schools of learning I definitely got some value out of that. Um, I have to say, uh, Dirk Lutter here in South Africa, he's an Enneagram type five. And (laughs) I suppose my lazy three has always appreciated the fact that as a five, he's gone around the world and learned from all the greats and condenses (laughs) so much of the information. You know, that I don't have to go and do all these trips and listen to all these wonderful people. He's just gone and done all of that research. And so his um, integrative Enneagram book, which is available online, is a massive source of wonderful information with reading resources as well. Um, And as I mentioned before, just one of the most beautiful reads for me and a real field document in a way is Beatrice Chestnut's book, The Complete Enneagram. Um, If you're looking for the Enneagram in business, I highly recommend Carl Herbenstreit's book. Uh, That's really working with the Enneagram in the workplace Also, beautiful read. His book is available online. Um, Absolutely delicious, delightful gentleman out of San Francisco. Um, And I think what I would say is just always be open. You know, everybody has got a source of wisdom or an angle or expertise in which they've used the Enneagram. Uh, Just... Be open to what feels true for you and always, as long as the Enneagram is speaking human and as long as it's speaking to our wholeness and our capabilities as human beings, it's going to be well worth the read. Um, plenty of Facebook um, book, uh, Facebook pages as well on the Enneagram. You can find them per type or you can find them as a whole yeah. and get some really delicious conversation going and I think that you guys realized as well, you know, attending A training program and learning from individuals and their experience in their Enneagram types, it makes things come alive more than just reading material does. So get engaged in conversations online, get people engaged in conversations about what it's like, what's hard, what's great about being their type and just grow that community of generosity, of experience and knowledge. That's definitely been a huge part of my growth and understanding.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's fantastic, Michelle. I think one of the things that, you know, you taught us in class, which I think I've, I've come back to constantly, you know, is, is the experts of the Enneagram or the people that are talking about it. The the type two in the room is the expert on the type two, not the, uh, (laughs) you know, not not the person that's read the most, you know?
2: That's it. And you know, for those um, that are that are listening in and they really want to use the Enneagram as an instrument, I really want, you know, Brad for them to really take that message. You don't need to be a specialist in the Enneagram. You just need to be curious and create this this vessel of non judgment, non opinion situation. That person who, for example, is a two, has lived inside that two skin all of their lives and they know exactly how that story pans out. They know their triggers, they know their defenses, they know their gifts, they know their superpowers. And Allowing a person to share that story is the only way that the Enneagram comes alive. It's not written in words. It's said in, and it's spoken it's, and it's the experience. And just with coaching and the Enneagram, I, I'm sure you guys will agree. Um, it's very rare that you can often have a conversation without somebody pitching in and going, oh, yes, I've had that experience. Oh, yes, I understand what that is. Just holding that bubble and letting that person share their life experience is a conversation that is very, very rarely come by. And just that experience of being heard and being seen for who they are and where they're at with no judgment whatsoever is one of the greatest gifts we can give to one another.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's so good. That's so good. Uh, well, Michelle, we're we're beyond grateful for your time. I mean, uh, you know, we're we're we are so appreciative. And you're such a, uh, you know, I've, i I'm sure you feel like I'm just flattering you, but I I'm, I'm beyond <laughs> serious. You're, you're just amazing. Um, you're such an amazing gym, amazing person, a great teacher. I mean, I'm mean, just, and I have talked about it. And a matter of fact, a number of us that are part of, uh, that a uh, group text have talked about, it. I, I can't even fathom having done that training with anyone else instructing me, I would have felt robbed. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Oh wow! No, you, you guys are giving you guys are giving me, uh, p- giving me pins and needles. <laughs> uh, I just. It was an amazing group and, and to you both, you know, to carry on that message to transform and change lives and to help people discover their wholeness and to really be at peace with who they really truly are in their spirits, in their lives and just having self-compassion. We put so much pressure on ourselves to be this, be that, do this, do that. And you know what? You're just perfect. The way that you were born and who you are, nothing has changed from that perfect self from when you were born. You are, there's nothing that needs to be added, nothing that needs to be taken away. Just embrace the fullness of who you are and celebrate your
0: uniqueness. That's awesome. That's that is so, so awesome.
2: good. Yeah. Well, um, that- I love you guys. Uh, keep me in touch. I want to know how. I want to know all the work that you're doing and bless you for the blessings that you're giving to everybody else. It's amazing work that you're doing.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. we absolutely will. And, and Michelle, tell everybody one more time uh, where they can where they can find you. Um, you know, online with your your you know, whether on social or uh, your website.
2: Sure thing. So, my website is www.skillsetcoach.com. You're absolutely more than welcome to email me at michelle at skillset.co.za. You'll find me on Facebook at skillset.sa. And anything else that you want to know, hit my website and you'll find a line to me. Always lovely to jump on a Zoom, share some ideas if you're interested in some coaching or more Enneagram stuff. Hit me up always available and always willing to share some good stuff.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much. We appreciate your your time and being with us.
2: Absolute pleasure, guys. Keep the keep the good joy going. Love you lots.
1: See you
0: bye. Thanks. Bye bye. Yes, yeah, so make sure you guys go give us a rate review. Um, catch us online, bettertodaypodcast.com, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, at Better Today Pod. Uh, you can also find me and Justin. You can find me at Brad Livingston underscore, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to give us a shout out, we'd love to see you. Um, Justin, you can find him at Justin Oswald underscore. Uh, we're so creative with our names. Yes, yeah. uh, But yeah, make sure you subscribe so you can catch us for the next episode of the Better Today Podcast where we aim to help you build the new you using the Enneagram to be better today for a better tomorrow.
1: See you guys. Later.